Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. For this edition, it's time for the Kermode Awards 2020. Now, if you're a regular listener here, you know we did the Kermode Awards here on Kermode on Film last year. Originally, they started out on television. They've had many different forms, but now they are homed here at the Kermode on Film podcast. They are very, very simple. I had an idea that you could get a better list of winners from films that weren't nominated for Oscars than the things that actually won. So... If you want to win a Kermode Award, the only condition is you have to have not been nominated in that category for the Oscars. It's that simple. You can still listen to last year's Kermode Awards on the Kermode on Film podcast, still available to download. And since the BAFTAs happened over the weekend, I'm assuming that your awards appetite has been duly whetted. So let's move on with the Kermode Awards 2020. Remember, the only rule is you can't win a Kermode Award if you were nominated for an Oscar. We start out with original screenplay. So, nominated at the Oscars and therefore not eligible for a Kermode Award, Knives Out by Ryan Johnson, Marriage Story by Noah Baumbach, 1917 by Sam Mendes and Christy Wilson-Cairns, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino, and of course Parasite, screenplay by Bong Joon-ho and Han Jin-won from a story by Bong Joon-ho. Now, as far as I'm concerned, the standout in there is Knives Out. I'm really impressed that Knives Out got a nomination because I think it's a terrific screenplay. But there are also some glaring omissions. What about Jordan Peele for Us? What about Emily Halpin, Sarah Haskins, Susanna Fogel and Katie Silberman for Booksmart, one of the best written films of the year? Also, my own personal list would have included M. Night Shyamalan's script for Glass. Now, I know that's been largely overlooked at all the award ceremonies, but I really like Glass, and I do think it's a terrific piece of writing. Plus, it would have been interesting to see a nomination for Max and Robert Eggers for their brilliant work on The Lighthouse, which began life as an adaptation of a short story by Edgar Allan Poe. Of course, perhaps the most glaring omission is Lulu Wang for The Farewell, which could arguably be an adapted screenplay, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't turn up in any of the Oscar categories at all. Quentin Tarantino is tipped to win this. As far as the bookies are concerned, it's going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. As far as I'm concerned, the Kermode Award for Best Original Screenplay this year goes to Celine Ciamar for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Now again, if you're a regular here, you'll know that I'm a big fan of Celine Ciamar. Portrait of a Lady on Fire played at the Cannes Film Festival, where it won both the award for Best Writing and it also won The Queer Palm, the first film directed by a woman to win that award. It's an extraordinary piece of writing and it gets my Kermode Award for Best Original Screenplay. How long did you stay? 
Je ne sais pas. J'ai un nouveau sentiment. Je regrette. Quel en est le titre Portrait de la jeune fille en feu. On to Best Actor, the Oscar selections are Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for The Irishman, and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, you don't have to be a genius to notice that that is an all-white list. This despite the fact that it's recognising a year in which standout supports included Lakeith Stanfield in Uncut Gems, Song Kang-ho in Parasite, Jamie Foxx in Just Mercy, Tyrese Gibson in Black and Blue, Bakeem Woodbine in Queen and Slim, Danny Glover in The Last Black Man in San Francisco, and indeed Bekali Ganambar as Billy in The Nightingale. Also disappointing to see nothing for Willem Dafoe's fantastically grouchy turn in the lighthouse, which I absolutely loved. And what a shame that Stephen Graham didn't get a nod for either Rocketman or The Irishman. Frankly, I think he was the best thing in both of those movies. As far as the bookies are concerned, Brad Pitt is going to win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for his role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Personally, if I had to choose from the nominees, I would go for Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. But the Kermode Award for Best Supporting Actor goes to Zach Gotzigan in The Peanut Butter Falcon. Such a brilliant performance by a feature film first-timer in a film that got almost completely overlooked at the awards, but really deserves your attention. New rule is you can't slow me down. You understand? Put those on. So what I say is go. I say jump, you say how high. How high. There it is. Rule number one, don't slow me down. Rule number two, I'm in charge. And you're going to carry your own weight. You are in charge. That's right. Uh, maybe we should. Maybe we should have our own secret handshake. What kind of secret handshake? For what? Bud, dude, friends. Bud, dude, friends, handshake? All right, yeah. Let's go. Hurry up. All right, three of those. Four of those. One of those. Now what? Like that. Yeah. Only when special shit happens, you know, huh? Yeah, uh, special things. Special things, you don't curse? No. Why don't you curse? I can that down. Okay, come on. You are in charge. Exactly. Come on. On to Best Supporting Actress. Again, the Oscar nominees are Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh for Little Women, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. An interesting selection, but again, nothing for Cho Young-Yong, Park So-Dam, or indeed any of the Parasite cast, despite the fact that Parasite has been recognised as one of the most important films of the year, none of the cast have turned up in any of the Oscar categories, which is weird. Now, if I had my way, Leslie Manville would be up there for Ordinary Love, but Ordinary Love wasn't eligible because it didn't open in America in time, and it's managed to be shamefully overlooked at the BAFTAs, for which it was eligible. My own list of Best Actress nominees from films that were eligible for Oscars would have included Jamie Lee Curtis for a brilliant role in Knives Out, Joao Sujen for The Farewell, Divine Joy Randolph for Dolomite Is My Name, and probably Julia Fox for Uncut Gems. But my award goes to Jennifer Lopez for her dynamite turn in Hustlers. Now, you can argue about whether Jennifer Lopez's turn in Hustlers is a leading or a supporting role, but once it was clear that she was going for the latter, that that was the category in which she was being pushed, she was briefly a favourite. So what happened? From a favourite to not nominated at all? Well, on the good side, 
it means she can get the Kermode Award for Best Supporting Actress. I was a centerfold once. No way. Mm. 93. Mm-hmm. Way. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Back when Stevie Wonder came in. Well, the Stevie Wonder coming to the club for? <laughs> <laughs> Casey had him in the champagne room. Swears to God he isn't blind. Wow. <laughs> How come you're so good? I see you with every single kind of guy and I don't know, it's like you have them all figured out. I guess I'm just a people person. On to Best Actor now. In the Oscars list, we have Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Now, all the bookies think that Joaquin Phoenix is going to win for Joker, and if you're a regular listener here, you'll know that Jack Howard picked Joaquin Phoenix as a dead cert several weeks ago. The omissions? Well, nothing for Taron Edgerton, despite, or perhaps because of the fact that Rami Malek won last year. Nothing for Michael B. Jordan in Just Mercy, or Daniel Kaluuya, who is so brilliant in Queen and Slim. Of the actual nominees, I'd like Antonio Banderas to win, although, as I said, I understand that Joaquin Phoenix is on course. But my vote, and indeed one of the most egregiously overlooked entries this year, is Adam Sandler for his central role in Uncut Gems, a film that was completely missed by the Oscar voters and indeed by BAFTA voters. Sandler's performance as Howard Ratner is not only the best thing he's done since Punch Drunk Love, for which he didn't get Oscar nominated either, but for my money, it's the best thing any actor has done this year. And I say that as somebody who remains reserved about Adam Sandler's charm. I think Adam Sandler is a very difficult watch a lot of the time, but one of the most brilliant things about Uncut Gems is his character is unlikable, but you cannot take your eyes off him. Check this out. I don't know. All right. So these are black Jews. All right. They're stranded in the middle of Ethiopia. It's deep. Stranded? Yeah, look at They got nothing. They don't got cars. They don't got And I'm watching this and I'm like, what the are these guys wearing? Look, it's on the Torah there. It's everywhere, right? Where do these guys get precious black opals? That's what that is. The black opal. I do my research. These guys live near the whalo mines, which primarily is red opals, which aren't worth. Okay. Oh, okay. But these, these mm. yeah, you can't get your hands on these things. You understand? Really? So look, I say to myself, how do I get a hold of these guys? And I managed to track these guys down. I buy one from them. Holy that is, <laughs> what is that? That's right here. That's the rock. 45 Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. 
On to Best Actress, and as far as the American Academy are concerned, the nominees are Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Now, of those contenders, I'd love it to be Cynthia Erivo, because I think she's brilliant in Harriet, or Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, which I loved. And, incidentally, you can go back and listen to my exclusive interview with Noah Baumbach, which is still available on the Kermode on Film podcast downloads. All the bookies think it's going to be Renee Zellweger, who is fine in Judy, although I have to say not as good as Judy Davis in the TV miniseries from some years ago. My own nominees would have included Florence Pugh, who is nominated for Little Women as a supporting actress, but I would have her for lead actress for Midsommar, Jodie Turner-Smith for Queen and Slim, again a film that was overlooked, Elizabeth Moss for Her Smell, an extraordinary performance in a film which is still little seen, and indeed Awkwafina for The Farewell. But my standout choice is Lupita Nyong'o for not one, but two brilliant performances in Us. How that got overlooked is anybody's guess. We don't have anything here. This is our summer home. Okay. We just got in today. So. Once upon a time, there was a girl, and the girl had a sh- The two were connected together together. When the girl ate, her food was given to her warm and tasty. But when the shadow was hungry, she had to eat rabbit raw and bloody. On Christmas, the girl received wonderful toys, soft and cushy. With the shadow's toys were so sharp and cold, they'd slice through her fingers when she tried to play with them. The girl met a handsome prince and fell in love with the shadow. At that same time, and Abraham. It didn't matter if she loved him or not. He was tethered to the girl's prince after all. On to the real biggies now. Best director. Now, the Oscars have chosen the following. Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Now, there are some great entries in there, notably Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, who I think does actually have a chance of winning. Standout omissions, however, well, nothing for Jordan Peele for us, nothing for Pedro Almodovar for Pain and Glory, or indeed for Destin Daniel Cretton for Just Mercy, which, when it was first seen, was flagged as a major awards contender and then somehow just got lost in the mix. Also, looking again at that list, kind of depressing that it's another all-male list, and this in a year which included Greta Gerwig directing the best film contender Little Women, Lulu Wang directing The Farewell, Casey Lemons directing Harriet, Alma Harrell directing Honey Boy, Laura de Clement-Tonnet directing The Mustang, Jennifer Kent directing The Nightingale, and Matty Diop, who became the first woman of colour to compete for the Palme d'Or at Cannes, where she won the Grand Prix. 
My own award, however, will go to feature first-timer Melina Matsukas for Queen and Slim. She has an extraordinary track record in music videos, but her first feature is a real eye-opening piece of work. The film's not perfect, and I have some questions about the script, but in terms of its direction, it is, for my money, the best-directed film of the year. Can I ask you something? I don't know. Can you? Easy. I know good grammar. Do you? We're not in the classroom. Are you going to ask me a question or not? What took you so long to respond to me? I didn't realize that much time had passed. I sent you a very well-crafted message three weeks ago. I spell-checked it and everything got crickets. Then today, out of the blue, you hit me up asking if you want to grab dinner. What changed? Normally, I would go home and have a glass of wine by myself, but I didn't feel like being alone. Not tonight. You didn't have any friends or family you can call? No. So you turned to Tinder. Yeah. What made you pick me? I liked your picture. What? Really? You had this sad look on your face. I felt sorry for you. Damn. Which brings us to best film. Now, as you know, for a long time, the Oscars have expanded their best film category to get in more of the big hitters. So this year, the best film nominees, according to the American Academy, are Ford versus Ferrari. That's Le Mans 66 to you. The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. Now, I'd be very happy for Parasite to win, although it's more likely that the Oscars, that will win Best International Film, which is what they've now renamed the Foreign Language Film category. Personally, I would have loved to have seen Bait in there, but obviously it's not eligible as it hasn't opened yet in the US, nor indeed has the personal history of David Copperfield, but that doesn't explain why it was overlooked at the BAFTAs beyond a recognition for Best Casting. Personally, I would have loved to have seen Rocket Man included alongside Joanna Hogg's Souvenir, which did open in America, but wasn't even submitted for Oscar consideration by A24. Nothing in that category either for The Lighthouse or for Forsama. But bear in mind that in the entire history of the Oscars, no documentary has ever even been nominated for Best Picture. As far as the bookies are concerned, it's going to be 1917. And I think they're right. But my vote of the best film released in 2019 that is not included in the Oscar nominations for best film is Monos, Alejandro Landis's extraordinary fable of child soldiery, which was submitted by Colombia for the best international film, but didn't make it to the nomination stage, and which features Mika Levy's score, which for my money is up there with the very best of them. Now, as it happens, when it comes to best score, Hilda Goodnadotter has been nominated for Joker, and I think she's going to win. But I would also like to have seen recognition for Mika Levy, who is such a big part of why Monos is my favourite non-Oscar-nominated film of the year. Necesitamos una prueba de vida. Nuestro comandante tiene comunicación con la familia por línea abierta. Sueca, Pitufo, traigan a la doctora. Bien, lady. Laura. The girl's name was Laura. You must answer one more. Wait, wait, no, I have a question. Listen carefully. 
So to recap, the Kermode Awards 2020 go like this. Best Original Screenplay, Celine Siamar for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Best Supporting Actor, Zach Gotsigan for The Peanut Butter Falcon. Best Supporting Actress, Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers. Best Actor, Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. Best Actress, Lupita Nyong'o for Us. Best Director, Melina Matsukas for Queen and Slim. And Best Film, Monos. So there we are, the Kermode Awards 2020. What do you think? Did I make better choices than the Oscars? Well, the next Kermode on Film podcast is going to have me and Jack Howard dissecting the Oscar results, which I'm sure you'll be doing too. And when you have done so, let me know what you think. Were my awards better than theirs? Incidentally, plot spoiler, the answer is yes. You can get in touch with me via Twitter. It's at Kermode Movie. Thanks for downloading the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, tell your friends. Remember to subscribe and keep watching the skies. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.